Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. E.L. Doctorow famously said, good writing is supposed to evoke sensation in the reader, not the fact that it's raining, but the feeling of being rained upon. So how do we evoke sensation in our reader? Well, that's what we're going to dive into today on Writer Unleashed. Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach. And each week, we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. writers, we're creating this sensory hallucination for our reader. Readers want to become absorbed in your story. They want to slip into that hallucinatory world and hang out there for the time it takes to finish your story. They want to dwell there for a while. And one of the most powerful ways to do this is to build a world that's concrete, tactile, and vivid, a world your reader can fully inhabit. And the best way to do this is through concrete sensory detail. It's through our senses that we feel alive in the literal world. The same is true of the world you create on the page. Sensory details that readers can imagine, colors, shapes, smells, sounds, tastes, textures, These penetrate layers of consciousness and they engage readers emotionally as well as intellectually, and they provoke their most primitive responses. So we want to appeal to all of the reader's senses. So how do we do this? Well, one of my favorite writers of all time, Dennis Johnson, is a master at provoking sensory reactions in his readers. And he does it with spare, selective, and surprising sensory details. Now, if you don't have his story collection, Jesus' Son, on your bookshelf, go out and get it. Dennis Johnson often fuses senses in surprising ways to draw us deeper into a scene. So in this passage from his story, Emergency happens after the narrator and his co-worker Georgie have gotten high from the drugs that they pilfered from the hospital where they both work at. And he writes this, 
Georgie and I went out to the lot to his orange pickup. We lay down on a stretch of dusty plywood in the back of the truck with the daylight knocking against our eyelids and the fragrance of alfalfa thickening on our tongues. Okay, let's unpack this. We have sight, we have touch, we have smell, and we have taste. So the fragrance of alfalfa thickening on our tongue, we have the smell, we have the taste, we have the feeling of of that thickening on our tongues. We can feel it. It allows us to um, taste and smell. And when the narrator describes the daylight knocking against their eyelids, we get a palpable sense of the sun's strength at the height of afternoon. Now, he uses this interesting fusion of visual and tactile words of sight, smell, taste, and touch. Now, we may never have lain down in the back of a pickup. We may never even been high on drugs, much less high during working hours, but if we've ever closed our eyes on a beach during peak midday sun, we know how physically precise Johnson's details are here. As a result, we inhabit their altered state. We feel that daylight knocking against our closed eyelids. Again, notice how spare this passage is, but it's packed with sensory details. Now, let's talk about the orange truck and the dusty plywood. Now, often we're instructed not to use adjectives, but I'm going to challenge this advice a little. You know, you can do anything as long as it works, and he makes this work. Because another way that Johnson evokes sensation in the reader is by using adjectives that summon sensory qualities of an object or a setting. So in this passage, for example, he uses two sensory adjectives. Both are relevant. The adjective dusty is essential here because without it, we wouldn't have a full, accurate sense of how the inside of the pickup looks and feels. So if he'd just written plywood, well, that would give us a less vivid depiction. The adjective dusty is significant here because it brings forth this flood of unconscious association. So our mind starts making leaps into different associations. So it doesn't only just give us a tactile sense of how it feels to lie in the back of the pickup, but it expands our view of these two characters and it gives us a a really good picture of the pickup truck. We get a tactile sense of the truck and we start to get this sense of dilapidation, of grit and neglect. It's kind of grim, but on a deeper level, the sum total of these associations provides a a metaphorical equivalency to the self-destruction that these two men are headed for. So Johnson gives us a lot through a little. Now, one could argue that the adjective orange that's used to describe the pickup is 
maybe extraneous or unnecessary, but it turns out this is a strategic move. Now, had Dennis Johnson chosen a more familiar color for the truck, let's say blue, it would have barely registered with us. But the unexpected color orange jumps out at us. We can't have a neutral reaction to it. But why else does he use the color orange? Well, Three pages later, Johnson repeats the color of the pickup to show, rather than tell, the changing time of day. And he says this, It was still daytime, but the sun had no more power than an ornament or a sponge. In this light, the truck's hood, which had been bright orange, had turned a deep blue. So through this accumulation of carefully selected sensory details, we understand that the sun is starting to set, even though the narrator never directly states the time of day. Now, it's much easier to simply write that, you know, the end of the day is here, the sun is about to set. It's easier to do that than to reach for the essence of that sunset through the changing use of a truck. So the color orange is a very intentional choice. And what I want you to camp out on here is that you are making intentional choices word by word. So we've talked about sight, touch, taste, and smell. Now smell is one of the most challenging sensations to get right. Often in our early drafts, we fall back on describing smells through non-sensory adjectives that report their effects. Something like, her perfume was intoxicating. But this is a vague judgment rather than a detailed sensory description. It doesn't it doesn't evoke any sensory detail. It doesn't invoke our senses. But Johnson does something called um, synesthesia. He describes one sense in terms of another. And by doing that, he manages to bust through familiar labels to find something fresh. And he leaves the judgments entirely to his readers. So for example, in his story work, the narrator doesn't describe the smell of booze simply as nauseating. He makes us feel nauseated by describing his experience. He writes this, I boosted Wayne through the trap door into the attic and he pulled me after him, both of us sweating and our pores leaking the poisons of drink, which smelled like old citrus peelings. Wow. (laughs) Old citrus peelings, sweating, pores leaking, the poisons of drink, old citrus peelings. Now, Johnson could have simply had his narrator tell us that he felt nauseated by the smell of alcohol oozing from his pores. He never provides commentary, yet we experience the full effect of the stench. And that's because Johnson's going for the sensation of being drunk or hungover. He doesn't merely state the fact. So poisons and old citrus peelings elicit this very um, visceral, physical reaction that invokes both smell and taste. So He doesn't tell us this character feels nauseated or hungover. He makes us feel nauseated and hungover. This is what we mean by show, don't tell. 
Okay, so we have sight, taste, touch, and smell, but what about sound? How do we describe what something sounds like in a way that fully engages your reader's sense responses? Well, here's another great example from Dennis Johnson. It was quiet in this strange neighborhood along the bank, except for the steady breeze in the young leaves. But now we heard a boat coming upstream. The sound curlicued through the riverside sapling like a bee, and in a minute, a flat-nosed sports boat cut up the middle of the river, going 30 or 40 at least. Okay, I love this passage because Johnson observes that even sounds have shape and texture. So curlicued, he talks about the the sports boat cutting up the middle of the river. So now he could have used um, the word droned, a more common verb, a very generic verb to describe the sound of the boat. So droned, especially in relationship to the bee, is a verb we'd expect. But curlicued, this verb is surprising and new. Johnson's observation is so precise. He's such he's such an observant writer and he's such an exciting writer because he knows how to invoke sense sensory impressions. So the point with sensory details is not to necessarily recreate reality, but to get into your character's body and convey his or her or her sensory experiences through concrete detail. So the idea is not to re- reproduce reality, but instead convey the essence of your character's sensations and coax a new reality out of the world your character experiences. So let's wrap this up. Number one, to get your reader's deepest engagement, evoke their senses, sights, smells, sounds, shapes, textures. Number two, go for the sensation or the feeling, not the facts. So not the fact that it's raining, but the feeling of being rained upon. And number three, select sensory details that are original, surprising, and precise. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Writer Unleashed. More free resources are available at nancypannuccio.com. So head on over there to grab your gifts. And if you want to connect with more like-minded writers and with me, join us in our private Facebook group over at facebook.com slash groups slash writer unleashed community. It's totally free to join. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Till then, keep writing and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.